0: Hello, uh, welcome to Marcel's Medieval Magic, the podcast that has me, Marcel Sada, reading through and commenting on medieval texts with my brother, Jan Michael Losada, who is hey. hearing the story for the first time because he has a life. What's uh, up, Jan? I'm
1: full of all sorts of joys and, and, and wicked one-wheel rides and a lot of rock climbing and making, making low-budget movies um happy to be here looking forward to hearing a tale of no doubt bonkery and uh all sorts of medieval weirdness
0: indeed you can find us on spotify and itunes and i urge you to come visit my website marcellspodcast.com uh it's definitely a work in progress but a contact page works certainly so let me hear your thoughts jan today we get to take a little break from Ewayne and Gowan.
1: which honestly, I'm 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 pretty stoked about. Um, I though I love me a good Arthurian tale. Fuck man, it moves like molasses at times, and then all of a sudden there's dragons and lions and yeah. Uh, whichever way we pivot today, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy for the reprieve.
0: Absolutely. So I want to kind of also in this podcast explore different parts of the medieval world. We've hyper-focused on England. Today, we're going to kind of branch out to some Italian stories.
1: Okay. So still European, still real white, still heavily Catholic. Cool. Uh, but, But at least they speak a different language. Um, uh, they get drunk more. No, they probably get drunk about the same. They're probably. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: Honestly. Yeah. yeah. It's Europe. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So we're, we're at least branching out from the the British Empire. What, uh, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're finding a culture that at the time was no doubt thought of as very foreign and unique and yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, you'll also see. I think that there's a quite a bit of contrast between the stories that we see coming out of England and the stories that we see coming out of Italy, and that there's some themes that we can kind of dig at and think about, which will be, uh, you know, at least interesting for us. So, sure. Uh, have you heard of the Decameron cycle by Boccaccio?
1: No, um, not not even a little um i i know dante's inferno was italian right
0: yes you definitely nailed that one
1: there's a fellini movie called eight and a half i think that fucker's italian yeah Um, um, i don't think the movie the italian job is an italian film i think that's an american film in italy
0: I think it is. I think and you're that's right. About, yeah.
1: And that's about the extent of my knowledge of, uh, yeah, the, the entirety of Italian storytelling. Sure.
0: Yeah. So um, then you're going to, I think, enjoy this. Here's a bit of background on the Decameron. Uh, and I definitely want to stretch uh, the Decca there. That's going to come into play in a bit. Uh, that comes from a New Yorker article that's titled The Renaissance Man. So in 1348, the Black Death, the most devastating epidemic in European history, swept across the continent. Giovanni Boccaccio, um, 1313 to 75, at the beginning of his famous Decameron, describes its effects on the city Florence. Many people just dropped dead in the street. Others died in their houses, often unattended by their families. Husbands and wives, fearing infection, sat and prayed in separate rooms. Mothers walked away from their children and closed the doors. Shops stood empty. Churches shut down. An estimated 60% of the population of Florence and the surrounding countryside died.
1: Yeah, that's, that's wild. Um, that's wild. When you think about the plague we went through, uh, but where, where? listen, our, our family uh, knew some loss. Um, but it's not, um, it's not more than half the people we know dying. Oh, it's yeah. It's not fucking, uh, mothers turning away from their children. That's like as dark as it gets. Um, shit. shit.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um,
1: yeah, super villain shit. That's Thanos' snap and then some. That's Thanos' snap and then another 10% dead shit.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, there were different black deaths and different plagues during this time. Um, but in a audio book that I was listening to at um, earlier, there was a, uh, and I'm not exactly sure which one. I'd have to go back through and maybe edit it in. But uh, I probably won't do that. I'll just leave this bit of me ranting about it. Um, but one of the iterations, like, uh, people wrote about a person would get sick at, uh, in the morning, they wouldn't feel so good at noon, they would be throwing up like blood and by 4 PM, they'd be dead really rapid loss of life in these situations, super fast working disease, you know, um, uh, very vicious.
1: So I imagine, yeah, that's got to color your worldview and such. You really got to be appreciating every cup of coffee, right? Like you're fucking sitting there just thinking, well, I'm glad I'm not shitting blood to death, right? Like I'm glad I'm not just, uh, yeah, 60% of the people I know. Um, fuck, fuck."
0: And so okay. begins the Decameron. Seven young ladies who are friends and they are Pampanea, Philomena, uh, Niefle, Fiametta, Elisa, Laureta, and Amelia. Okay. And they meet Great. after mass. Yeah.
1: Great.
0: Uh, and I feel like we've met some of these people in our life, Jan.
1: Uh, I, uh, I love that we're, we're getting away from uh, English medieval storytelling where it's about lions and men Uh, um, trying to outperform each other in heroic acts. And we're now doing an Italian uh, uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. i fucking, I'm already already thrilled that we're, we've left the big city of London and we're now with seven Italian babes. And, uh, you know, what are they going to do with their summer? We're about to find out.
0: It's like oh. super sex in the city.
1: I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sex in the city with even like fucking dropping fucking four more characters. The best. Three, S- three more characters. Something
0: that's important to consider, I think, uh, is the age of these women. They range in age from 18 to 28.
1: Great. Um, good. I'm glad this didn't get. Uh, weird in the way of the times. I'm glad we're, 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 we're dealing with what I would consider uh, uh, women uh, in their their uh, 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 beginning adulthood. I think that's <laughs> the, the best PR. I mean, I some imagine. of
0: them are 28. Some of them are like firm adults, but yes. Sure. The bottom line is everybody here is grown up. <laughs> yeah. And they are all of genteel birth, so they're all rich as fuck.
1: Okay, great, great. I imagine religious too. They, yeah.
0: Well, it's Italy. It's the medieval ages. Everybody's religious. Everybody, right? Everybody. Everybody.
1: Fucking everybody. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Pampanea, the eldest, says, "Let's go to our country estates." So she wants to get the fuck out of Dodge, right? Um,
1: Okay. Okay. So they have like a country club a oh, yeah. great
0: not not just a place uh, these are really rich people so it, it'd be like if they had uh you know like uh, uh, a, a penthouse apartment downtown and then they also had like a cabin and they had like a, a house on a lake somewhere and like they could just bounce between them whenever they wanted and they're all really nice so they they have their own charms so they're just like oh my god there's plague get the fuck out you know i, I did that in a very Paris Hilton way i hope it came across i'm not sure uh, but i tried to be as dead and lifeless as i could be but yeah that, that's what, who i envision honestly is one of these characters but anyway
1: must be nice it must be nice yeah. oh yeah
0: yeah yeah but they're just like eh, let's go right uh, the other women say that they'd love to but they think they should bring some men along
1: hey my ladies they know how to get a party started
0: they too soon they assemble three gentlemen linked to them by kinship or by affection so there's some that are like cousins there's some that are like boyfriends right like so good on the boyfriends i guess i don't know they're setting it up very italian
1: now riddle me this because i'm if I know anything about royalty, they uh, they tend to uh, they tend to get real close with uh, people of the same. Gym. I mean, uh, royalty will fuck royalty, right? So then sure. a cousin also—that's also a boyfriend, right? That's a yeah. prospect. Yeah. Like how fucking?
0: Yeah, depends on the cousin, but yes, it could be.
1: Okay. Okay. Plus, sure. the cousin
0: could, you know, I mean, be used uh, strategically, right? Like, you should fuck my friend because then, uh, you know, our families will marry, right? So, like, that's flirty and that's good. And that, you know, marries the houses into each other and uh, they're big on that, too. So, anyway, uh, the also three men... Really, yep.
1: Also, really setting up for a pretty sick horror movie.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, God, yeah.
1: It's seven gals, three dudes going... Out, out, of the, the the state for a, a, a like a lurid weekend, um, uh, while there is a plague raging. Um, mm-hmm. The yeah. mask of uh, the mask of the Red Death comes to mind, yep. right? Um, just let's uh, let's fucking party while the whole world burns.
0: Yep. All right. uh, okay. The three men are called uh, Filostrato Dionio a uh, panfilo okay so,
1: panfilo. Love yeah
0: it. oh yeah that's a great name dude the 10 young people uh decamp at dawn for the countryside so they leave right away um, and they go uh, they agree on a routine in the morning and in the evening they will take walks sing songs eat exquisite meals with fine wines golden and red And in between, they will sit together and each will tell a story on a theme set for the day. So a theme could range from like generosity, magnanimity, cleverness, whatever.
1: The world before the internet was (laughs) so... Fucking lame. Right? <laughs> I like
0: that they're taking walks and singing songs. I know. Yeah. I like that. that. I, I would do that. Yeah,
1: you would like that. No, I guarantee you. I guarantee <laughs> you that the first five minutes would be pretty sweet, pretty fucking sweet, and then the next however long, however long that hike is after twenty minutes. It's not chill anymore. Okay, singing <laughs> while you're marching in uh when uh, uh, What was the last time you were at the gym and someone started singing and mm. you were like, fuck yes, let's get the jam on. <laughs> and yeah, you just started marching along. No, fuck that. That's, it's the world before TV. It's the world before we had cooler things to do. Shh. Yeah, you're not
0: wrong. I mean, uh, singing has gone way down ever but since there. I oh, you wonder... Know. I mean, singing in public, right? Where you just first send a song, yeah.
1: I I wonder which one I would rather be a peasant that was so busy I never, like so busy just doing the fundamental basics to struggle to stay alive that I never have time to realize how, uh, 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 what to do with my time or to be some rich fuck that was just sitting in a fucking countryside because I wouldn't mind being extremely wealthy now, now that we have the internet and interesting shit to do yeah. But back then. This is like what the wealthy folk did. They fucking hung out and sung songs in some songs of the goddamn forest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely what the wealthy people did. But you know what? Um, poor people in this era um, actually worked a little less than we do now in a lot of ways. And I've read some medieval text. Now, here's the thing. I it was,
1: you're a socialist.
0: It was seasonal. It was seasonal. It was seasonal. No, no, no. <laughs> it was seasonal. There, there was moments where it was like, a, I think it's, it's similar to what you do where it's like, there's a project and it's like, Oh shit, I gotta, you know, like for the next like six weeks, my life is sealed, <laughs> you know, like, sure, yeah, sure. And it's just going to oh. be a shit show. And then um, after those six weeks, they'd have like a couple of months of like, you know, like or a month, you know, I don't know how much time they had, but they had some downtime and they would just, you know, fuck around, get drunk, and screw each other, you know, which is what See, super rather, that
1: sounds way more interesting than sing songs prancing around the, <laughs> the woods. Oh, all right. Anyway, we we have a whole cadre of Italian yeah. ladies and three dudes, and they are uh they're they're having a, a merry time in the woods. Love yeah,
0: it. well, at their estates, right? Well, yeah, at the woods. You're right. They're sure. they're in the woods. They take walks. They go out into the woods and all that stuff. And they got fine wines and exquisite meals. Okay. So they're eating right. the best food. I can
1: get down with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. me too. Honestly, yeah. So then they're going to stay together for two weeks. And how many days is two weeks?
1: Fourteen.
0: Okay, so two days must be devoted to personal obligations. How many days we got left?
1: 12
0: and two to religious okay. duties. <laughs> so,
1: okay, cool. God's a very demanding individual, yes. Um, uh, cool. Uh, so 10 10 lives.
0: that leaves 10 days. You the are correct,
1: antrian, am I ah, yeah. buzzword,
0: yes. Gold star for Jan. As uh,
1: yeah, I feel great,
0: 10 tails times 10 days now they're going to, in the end, you have a 100 stories, right? So that collection with various uh, introductions and commentaries is the Decameron. So they have introductions to the story. I'm actually going to skip the one that we're going to talk about because uh, I feel like it reveals a lot, um, as they all do. But they give you an idea of what the story is. I think they're written more for um, trying to organize it and like, do you want to read this or not? Kind of purposes, which is new. Um, Boccaccio is just a really some ways uh or at least uh, copies that survived us uh revolutionary uh author in that way you know he he's one of the big big names in european history so um i like doing a story from him so social relations too in these stories are idealized and imbued with the conventions of medieval courtly love the decameron has not just one frame the young people in the countryside but two in the outer one, Boccaccio uh, speaks to the reader directly. He is writing this book, he says, for ladies afflicted by love, gracious ladies, amiable ladies, the narrator begins. And whatever is the day's theme, love figures prominently in perhaps nine out of ten tales.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, uh, so it's, most, it's a pretty horny book. Is what I'm hearing because y- y- cool, yeah. It's uh, the, it's a Maxim magazine of the time, or what uh, what's a uh, what's a saucy uh, magazine right now? Um, uh, are there magazines? Am I just revealing my age?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think uh, oh man, I don't know if there's any uh. Well, no, there definitely is. There's blogs and stuff that I'm sure are text based things. I mean, it's an 88 Shades of Grey. What was the book? Uh, was that it? 88 Shades of Grey? 58
1: 58, 58,
0: 58. 58 Shades of Grey. Oh, man. We're both going to look bad. Hold on. It's a 48, oh. 38, 38, 28, 50 Shades of Grey. God
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I might leave that in. <laughs> yeah. You better. Uh, uh, yeah uh, that's good yeah so yeah anyway go on
1: no so it's a saucy it's a saucy tale it uh it, it's horny it's a horny little book
0: yeah or at least it has those uh themes that kind of run through it right um so a little bit of info on boccaccio so uh boccaccio Aki giovanni boccaccio he was born in the town of uh, uh, Certelado, Certelado, one of those. Um, he became so well-known as a writer that he was sometimes simply known as the uh, Certaldis I think, and one of the most important figures in European literary panorama of the 14th century. So like, this guy's a big deal. Some scholars uh, define him as the greatest European prose writer of his time, a versatile writer who amalgamated different literary trends and genres making them converge in original works thanks to a creative activity exercised under the banner of experimentalism so essentially he was like a shakespeare
1: okay uh, uh pre-shakespearean shakespeare like that all right all right and he's telling me an interesting tale with uh uh seven ladies and three dudes having a little vacay um cool cool and they're all a little um uh
0: Romantic. Great. Great. Yeah. So I don't have uh, much of a title for the story since the stories are arranged by days and uh, turns of telling the story. So this is the 10th story told on the third day, and it's being told by the O'Neill, who always tells the last story and is said by um, some scholars to be Boccaccio's own voice in Bocaccio. here. Sure, um sure, his sure. stories can be about whatever the fuck he wants while everybody else has to stick to a theme so Boccaccio kind of comes or uh, this guy the O'Neill comes by the end you know so and just kind of privileged
1: amongst the privileged. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. must yeah,
1: yeah. be nice must be nice
0: but he's said to be very witty so yeah, and jocular sure.
1: yeah let him get away with it the bill
0: sure yeah. yeah there you go yeah uh, you know
1: great so it's the 10th not, uh, not the 10th day. It's the 10th story on the third day. So yes. within the three days, they tell all 10 stories.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay. So in, in the first in day, the they tell 10 stories. The second day, they tell 10 stories. The third day, they tend to tell uh, stories until they get to the 10th day, which that completes the 100 stories. So it's a 100 oh. story cycle.
1: Wow. Okay. So there's 100 of these fuckers. Okay, great. So yeah. we're 10 days, 10 stories each day. Fucking and uh, some of them are no doubt in or what what have you all, all right. right all right
0: great. And, great and this is as popular um you know it's essentially the italian uh, canterbury tales um sure. what's sure. really
1: sure sure
0: what's really interesting is that chaucer was in florence at the same time in the same year uh that boccaccio was there too and at one point, um, Chaucer even went back the second time. And the second time he brought back poetry from Boccaccio. Um, and it is claimed that certain parts of Chaucer's work are actually influenced from some of Boccaccio's writing, right? Um,
1: so, so, you're, so you're saying that Chaucer is a biter. You're, you're saying that the official stance, and I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, the official stance of Marcel's medieval magic is that Chaucer is a fucking fraud that stole all of his work from Bocascio. All right. Shots fired, Marcel. That's good to know. Shots fired.
0: I I, honestly, yeah, I'd say yes. There's scholars. You know what's funny uh, is some uh, websites, especially Britannica, which is famously English, right? Um, sure, I was going to say
1: that 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 is the most English name. You might as well be Londoner, London yeah. <laughs> Like, what a <the>, Britannica? <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: So that encyclopedia stretches the most that I've ever seen um, Chaucer's work stretch back to they're like he probably started it in 1848 and it's like boccaccio started his in 1850 most other people are like he started it after 1878 which is when they probably met so you know like uh boccaccio probably was still working on it. i forget what the uh publication Wait, dates are eight, eight, that late. No, that's 1870 i'm so sorry um it would have been uh, 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 uh. The Canterbury Tales were roughly written between 1387 and 1400. The British Library, sorry, so that's Britannica. Britannica says 1387, okay? So I I think that's accurate, okay? Um, The British Library puts it at 1345, (laughs) okay? That that beats out the Italian origin. Um, And so the Italians, as they say, uh, Boccaccio and Chaucer were both in Florence in 1378. They may have met, but nothing has survived to indicate that such a meeting took place. Um, and then uh, the department at Notre Dame had an article that was titled uh, Chaucer and Boccaccio The Anxiety of Influence. And Chaucer, on his second visit to Florence, brought back copies of Boccaccio's poem, uh, Filostrato and the, the Seida which Chaucer incorporated in his own writings, specifically in his work, House of Fame, as well as some parts of The Knight's Tale.
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. So, um, so Chaucer, definitely a biter. Totally a biter.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, this is cool. Which, eh, it's medieval ages. Copyright doesn't exist. He's going to a different country. Fuck all, you know. Fuck Boccaccio. <laughs> Bro, I ain't yeah.
1: even, uh, I'm not even throwing shade. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, that.
0: Uh, it's the Stone Temple Pilots to the Nirvana.
1: Sure, hundred percent, great. You know, um,
0: well, you're like, ah, but,
1: that's pretty good. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go ahead and say, I I got a feeling that Chaucer's is probably just slightly better written for the fact that I've actually heard of it. Um. Mm. Uh, yeah.
0: I think that's racist, Jan. But we'll go on.
1: <laughs> wow, um uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe I, I don't. Uh, I'm yeah. sure this story's going to be more racist than I have ever been. Actually, uh-huh. there's
0: a reason you haven't heard of this story. Yeah, yeah. The actually, the more I think about it, it's not you. I was thinking the Italians at first, um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, this story is horrible.
1: So yeah. <laughs>
0: We're gonna oh, we're yeah. gonna go on a ride, Jan. We're gonna can't go wait, on a ride. Can't
1: wait. Uh, strap me in. You're right.
0: There, oh, there's man. there's serious reasons you haven't heard of this story, dude. So, oh my god,
1: yeah.
0: Knowledge is a hell of a thing. So let's move on.
1: A curse, frankly, uh, an absolute curse. All right.
0: The O'Neill had been following the queen story okay so when it says queen story um they pick a king and queen of the day that gets to decide what the theme of all the stories has to be uh,
1: okay 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 so so they uh they they form a hierarchy amongst their friends like a fucking myspace uh uh, uh front page and the king and queen get what they get like
0: they get to decide what the stories they are going to hear is and they judge them like they say snarky comments like we'll, we'll look at another story at a certain point that um so it starts like with a bunch of sass
1: they're grading uh-huh. each story as it comes okay
0: yeah they're like yeah this fucking sucks
1: <laughs> <You> uh, <know? laughs> yeah so, yeah. oh that's pretty lame um the- yeah. it's quarantine. I I guess and a quarantine without the internet or anything interesting Uh, there's a mismatch of kings to queens are they like
0: Uh, there's a lot of queens
1: and they're just reusing the kings over and over again Uh,
0: no there's one a day so I think each one goes on a day and then they decide you know so like they pick a new person each day until they're done with everybody everybody gets a turn to be king or queen Okay. they're democratic about it
1: uh, sure they're democratic about their oligarchies yeah but they formed amongst which tribes. actually
0: happened there was a couple of uh countries in which you would have uh uh elections for your king or queen
1: huh
0: yeah yeah I, I <laughs> uh-huh. if okay. you're
1: hanging out with a group of people at what's a house party if you're hanging out at some house party and they're like we're gonna I am the fuck leaving. This is not a place I want to be. I don't want to be kicking it with anyone who thinks, oh, you know what we need so that everyone has fun? Royalty. (laughs) We need royalty so that we can have a good time.
0: The O'Neill had been following the Queen story closely and on perceiving that it was finished, knowing that he was the only speaker left, he smiled and began without waiting to be bidden. Gracious ladies, you have possibly never heard how the devil is put back into hell.
1: See, fuck yeah, fuck yeah! You're talking my language! What up the devil? All right.
0: And hence, without unduly straying from the theme of your discussions for today, I should like to tell you about it. By learning how it is done, There may yet be time, perhaps, for you to save our souls from perdition, and you will also discover that, even though love is more inclined to take up his abode in a gay place and a dainty bedchamber than in a wretched hovel, there is no denying that he sometimes makes his power felt among pathless woods on rugged mountains and in desert caves, nor is this surprising, since all living things are subject to his sway." So they're talking about how people and beasts and things be horny.
1: Okay. I gathered a lot from that, but um, cool. So beasts being like everything everything that's not us
0: it says (laughs) since all living things are subject to his sway right so all living things being subject to his sway means like the devil is what makes you lust right because of course sexuality and uh satanism are intertwined at this point
1: cool and which they should be which is
0: troubling for the church there's a really good book that's called um Shoot, I'm going to struggle with the, the name here, but I think it was, uh, uh, the secret lives of, uh, or uh, sex and the secret lives of medieval women or something like that. Um, but it is a really good book about, uh, the conflation of like the, the church knew it was necessary for people to have sex in order to have kids. And they wanted that to make more Catholics or Christians or whatever, sure. but they also knew that, or they also believe that it was sinful so they're trying to balance those things, and it's amazing to watch them struggle with that. <laughs> you
1: know, like, also, just human nature. Like, oh my god, yeah. That, yeah the
0: and then, of- like a bajillion priests were super having like fucking, and there's documented cases, like billions of them. <laughs> like not billions, <laughs> but,
1: I'm but, gonna yeah. tell you right now, Marcel. Um, there's documented cases. Of That's what I'm saying. Right now, what so, changes, yeah. Jan?
0: That's the podcast. What changes, my friend? Yeah.
1: No, so this is cool. All right. So it's a story about satanic lovemaking. Um, okay. Killer. Uh, uh, fucking down. All right. And hence,
0: now to come to the point. There once lived in the town of Gafsa in Barbary, which by the way, this refers, if you don't know where Gafsa is, it's an inland town in Tunisia. So in Boccaccio's day, it was known for its monastery and it's like the North African part of uh, Egypt and it uh, hovers around that area. So, you know, it's very close to the um uh, italian coast right like uh, so we're talking about that area. Of
1: the nile. uh
0: it is left of the nile yeah okay. that's correct okay. Yeah. okay so it's like that area yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that coastal strand thank, you know thank
1: you so much because i my 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 knowledge of general geography have you put a gun to my head before that sentence and said where is tunisia pull the trigger because goddamn, I'm, I'm going to guess wrong.
0: Yeah. So Tunisia was a big place um, uh, back in the day, but it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, but anyway, back in there, there was a very rich man, which many of our stories start with that. Sure. Uh, who had numerous children. Cool. And among them, he had a lovely and graceful young daughter called Ali Beck.
1: Ali Beck. All
0: right. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'm getting that right, but I've heard a couple of her pronouncements. But she was not herself a Christian. Uh, but there were many Christians in the town, and one day, having on occasion heard them extol the Christian faith and the service of God, she asked one of them for his opinion on the best and easiest way for a person to serve God, as they put it.
1: So, So she... <clears throat> So it was chill to not be Christian back then? Like you could just go, I just, I, I'm just not into it. Uh,
0: in terms of religion, it's hard to admit, um, but because there's no surveys on these, right? Like, and um, the churches are the ones that kind of like wrote a lot of the history. Um, but it is believed that at a certain point there was atheistic people who are probably more like deists believed in like a god and intelligent design but by and large in europe uh, you just had very religious societies like religion was everything religion was real like it was not questioned by and large the nature of god and the rules that he followed and those kind of things were heavily debated but in terms of like i would say like in average like if we went back in time and we just grabbed the average person off the street 999 out of a thousand are going to say that God is real and he runs all things.
1: And this lady is uh, 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 saying that she's just not Christian.
0: So this lady is saying that she's not Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she could be of another faith. She uh, might be a pagan. She uh, might be Jew. Uh, sure. um, I don't know. You know, like those people definitely existed in those times in these times. But um, the idea of not being Christian, sorry, and I was looking for the text this whole time, so yeah, that was uh, why I was a little distracted. But um, yeah, so she definitely um, was not Christian, but becomes Christian. She becomes Christian curious.
1: Sure. So okay, okay, great, great, great.
0: And again, she's looking for the easiest and the best option to serve God, right?
1: Yeah, aren't we all?
0: So this guy uh, said that the ones who serve God the best were those who put the greatest distance between themselves and earthly goods, as happened in the case of people who had gone to live in the remoter parts of the Sahara. The Sahara in this uh, part, translates to the theban desert and that part is upper egypt noted for a large number of hermits who had settled there so um in some part of egypt there's a bunch of people hanging out in caves and whatever and they're being super religious right and so um this guy you not know,
1: like forming a society because then they wouldn't be hermits; they'd just be a town <laughs> they just a bunch of people, right? Like you're only, her, you're only a hermit if you're alone, if you're by yourself.
0: Yeah, I think it's like how like bears have a territory, you know? And like, so hermits have a territory, like, so they all know about each other and they set up their own little spot. And if other hermits come up, they, they rear up on their rear legs and they bark at each other until sure. one backs down. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I, incredible. Uh, Mm. incredible just could you imagine uh, the weird shit that happened there on a regular basis
0: Um, oh my god right so we're gonna hear about some of the weird shit here we go um so after she learned about that and how they told her to go to the desert where hermits um are the ones who are the holiest right she said no more about it to anyone, but the next morning being a very simple natured creature. <laughs> so, uh, so I think she, they're saying
1: she's pretty slow.
0: She's slow. She's she not great. <laughs> and here's where it starts to take a turn. A simple natured creature of 14 or thereabouts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Allie Beck set out all alone
1: okay into a a horny hermit desert
0: in All secret right. and made her way towards the desert mm-hmm. prompted by nothing more logical than a strong adolescent impulse
1: oh and that could be taken a whole lot of okay yep
0: prepare yourself jan prepare yourself
1: sure let's do this i mean we're, we're here we're knocking on the door
0: we're here. A few days later, exhausted from fatigue and hunger, she arrived in the heart of the wilderness where, catching sight of a small hut in the distance, she stumbled towards it. And in the doorway, she found a holy man who was astonished to see her in those parts and asked her what she was doing there. She told him that she had been inspired by God and that she was trying not only to serve him, but to also find someone who could teach her, How she could go about it?
1: Okay, I mean, this is uh, uh, the first like two and a half minutes of a lot of porn films, and I was just thinking uh, the same thing. It's just not. It's not that I've seen.
0: You know, I mean, first time.
1: Can you teach me about? (laughs) I just can't. Like fuck, bro. Buck. Um but 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 just to just to try to make this slightly more palatable for myself. Um and I know I know that I'm living in a vacuum and a, a, a an echo and an echo chamber of my own design, but just to swallow this pill a little easier. 14's like the age of marrying back then, right? Like in the 1300s, you would, uh, like, it's not, uh, it's not as, like, what is the average back then? What is the norm?
0: Well, again, like uh, the beginning of the story, right? We had 18 to 28-year-olds. Which, which
1: that's a story I can get along with. We're going to tell a sexy, saucy story with college co-eds yes let's do it everyone's consenting adults and i'm down um the second it turns into wishy-washy well she's 14 i can't
0: <laughs> yeah so i think that's the point is that um and we've seen uh or excuse me we've seen but just in general um it the romeo and juliet Juliet is like 14 or 15 and she's considered too young to be thinking about marriage. And a lot of those times that they were married at 14 and 15, it was not out of lust. It was out of like political design and it was known that the girl was too young and that she would eventually age into consummation. So sometimes it was even written that consummation wouldn't happen till later. So we know that like people had a sensibility about it, you know? Yeah. Okay. So uh, that being said, did, the rape of many young ladies and the arranged marriages of many young ladies and a bunch of trauma exist. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I was middle middle ages. So not trying to overwrite that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this uh, so this story is definitely not chill, not chill, any any pair of any pair of history goggles I want to put on are not going to make this easier.
0: No, this is going hard. Cool, yeah, right. this one's going okay, hard. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah. Uh, let's
0: go. Here we go. Uh, yep. Yeah. On observing how young and exceedingly pretty she was, Ugh. the good man was afraid to take her under his wing, lest the devil should catch him unawares. So kind of good job on this if he holds up to it, but sure. he's a religious guy. So yep. he praised her for her good intentions and having her a quantity of herb roots, wild apples and dates to eat and some water to drink. He said to her, my daughter, not very far from here, there is a holy man who is much more capable than I of teaching you what you want to know. Go along to him. And he sent her upon her way.
1: Okay, great, great. So we hooked her up with some food she's a fucking 14 year old rich kid's daughter who's kind of slow and went wandering into the desert so she really set up for some success great great great
0: he's sending her to another uh dude so it's not like he's a, a great guy right He's like, hey, there's another guy over there that you could talk to. And maybe you could read it as like, he's like, oh, my God, I can't handle this. And I need to send it to somebody stronger than myself. But I'm not sure that that's how this is. I don't know. So anyway, uh, when he came to this second man, she was told precisely the same thing. And so she went on until she arrived at the cell of a young hermit, a very devout and kindly fellow called Rustico. to whom she put the same inquiry as she had addressed to the others being anxious to prove to himself that he possessed a will of iron he did not like the others send her away or direct her elsewhere but kept her with him in his cell in a corner of which when night descended he prepared a makeshift bed out of palm leaves, upon which he invited her to lie down and rest.
1: All right, but 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 he's young, uh, right?
0: Yeah, okay. he is young. He's described as young, so well,
1: let's so, say they're
0: age appropriate.
1: Okay, great, 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 There's- great, 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 great. This is turning into a better story. This is veering into a cutesy tale about a desert, a fucking dirty ass desert hermit, religious zealot meeting a mentally deficient, (laughs) um, desert wandering young girl. And they're going to have a. Uh,
0: Once he had taken this step very little time elapsed before temptation went to war against his willpower and after the first few assaults finding himself outmaneuvered on all fronts he laid down his arms and surrendered casting aside pious thoughts prayers and penitential exercises he began to concentrate his mental faculties upon the youth and beauty of the girl and to devise
1: so he so he in a mental battle with his inner quote unquote demons over a pretty girl in front of him Mm -hmm. and he he battles quote unquote and then just gives up and it's like, well, it's still a pretty girl.
0: Yep. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's definitely like, uh, fuck it. I'm going to fuck this
1: yeah great good good to know guys haven't changed
0: and she uh is kicking it there i mean she's trying to figure out uh and learn from him how to serve god right yeah
1: find a way to god sure yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've all watched this documentary
0: it usually ends with the transfer of the hermit (laughs) (laughs) so so let's see so he began to devise suitable ways and means for approaching her in such a fashion that she should not think elude of him to make the sort of proposal he had in mind. By putting certain questions to her, he soon discovered that she had never been intimate with the opposite sex and was every bit as innocent as she seemed. Uh, yep. And we've talked about how virginity is super like that's a big turn on for the medieval ages for some reason
1: that's the big fucking french made costume of the medieval ages that's the saucy bit of fucking oh okay great
0: Remember in uh Surrey Wayne and Gowan when they had the the barren doe. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you know, like yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah. even
0: in animals, they're like
1: that good fucking virgin animals. Uh, virgin.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. And he therefore thought of a possible way to persuade her with the pretext of serving God to grant his desires. So he wants to bring god into the play he's turning full of jim jones dude yeah
1: i mean i mean and i'm trying to find a cute way that this story works but it's not there's no there's no good way forward nope. it's just a jim jonesy and yet yeah, just a like uh, a buck. yeah go for it just do it
0: god and religion and young people and sex i'm telling you yeah So he began by delivering a long speech in which he showed her how powerful an enemy the devil was to the Lord God and followed this up by impressing upon her that of all the ways of serving God, the one that he most appreciated consisted in putting the devil back in hell.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, uh, if you're going to put the devil anywhere, it's back in his, uh, uh, like a Pokemon back in his Pokeball. Great.
0: Yep, he said that the almighty, almighty God had consigned him in the first place to ensure that he put the devil back in hell. So the girl asked him how this was done. And Rustico replied, you will soon find out, but just do whatever you see me doing for the present.
1: Oh God, I'm already putting two and two together.
0: Yep. I'm starting
1: to put the, okay. Go go for it. Let's let's just see how this story pieces itself together.
0: And so saying, he began to divest himself of the few clothes he was wearing, leaving himself completely naked.
1: Here we go. All right. Yep.
0: The girl followed his example, and he sank to his knees as though he were about to pray, Uh getting, getting her to kneel directly opposite.
1: Of course. Yep. Uh huh.
0: In this posture, the girl's beauty was displayed to Rustico in all its glory, and his longings blazed more fiercely than ever. Bringing about.
1: She's she's slow.
0: She's
1: yes. not the sharpest one of the chat. I picture one of her eyes being slightly more closed than the other. <laughs> like, I don't think she's like, holy crap. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go.
0: Uh, and so it was bringing about the resurrection of the flesh in Rustico, <laughs> 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 which yeah. that's the best euphemism uh, for a uh, a boner I've ever heard.
1: For 1300s. Yeah, that, that's Tom it. That's 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 good.
0: pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Alibeck stared at this in amazement and said, I Rustico. What is that thing I see sticking out in front of you, which I Fuck. do not possess?
1: Fuck, dude. Fuck.
0: Oh my daughter, said Rustico.
1: Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the devil I was telling you about. Do you see what he's doing? He's hurting me
1: so much that I can hardly endure it. <laughs> so it's so- 1500s blue balls yep is that's exactly it is. okay oh Fuck
0: praise <laughs> yeah oh praise be to god said the girl i can see that i am better off than you are for i have no such devil to contend with you're right there said rustico but you have something else instead that i haven't oh said Alibek. and what's that you have hell said rustico And I honestly believe that God has sent you here for the salvation of my soul, because if this devil continues to plague the life out of me, and if you are prepared to take sufficient pity upon me to let me put him back into hell, you will be giving me marvelous relief, as well as rendering incalculable service and pleasure to God, which is what you say you came here for in the first place.
1: Yes, yeah, so he's gonna put the devil back in hell. Yep. Hell being her pussy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the devil being his, his dick. dick. Yeah. Jesus fuck and and let me get this straight. Uh homeboy, like this is a story homeboy <laughs> is telling <laughs> to a of people. This is a story. He is just r- unraveling in front of a <laughs> group of peers. Yep. I, I would. This is a problem. This is problem. <laughs> he's, he's not. Um,
0: and uh, he's witty. He he's the cool guy. He's fancy, sure he's dude. Cool, yeah.
1: Yeah. He seems real cool. He seems pretty fucking chill. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, father, replied the girl in all innocence. If I really do have a hell, (laughs) let's do as you suggest, just as soon as you are ready. God bless you, my daughter, said Rustico. Let us go and put him back, and then perhaps he'll leave me alone.
1: God
0: damn it. At which point he conveyed the girl to one of their beds where he instructed her in the art of incarcerating that accused fiend. Never having put a single devil into hell before, the girl found the first experience a little painful and I she did, said to her. I, I, I hate to
1: say it. But what was that what was that one sentence you just passed by? Um, uh,
0: I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Man. Like,
1: some of this is actually fairly decently written not, <laughs> yeah. compared yes. to some of the other medieval texts we come across. This, this has actually, been
0: really well editorialized. I don't know. um sure, uh, ancient it Italian. So I used a modernized text. Uh, uh, that I will credit at the end, but yeah, okay,
1: sure. The author is and doing. So perhaps, perhaps I'm appreciating the editorial yes. aspect of it. That back in the day, it would have been more like, and then he fucking, later, you know? <laughs> and he fucking, and he fucking like, got on top of her, dude. And like, yeah, it could have been something like that. Cool. And,
0: and she said to Rustico, "The devil must certainly be a bad lot, father, and a true enemy of God." For as well as plaguing mankind, he even hurts hell when he's driven back inside it. Daughter, said Rustico, it will not always be like that. And in order to ensure that it wouldn't before moving from the bed, they put him back half a dozen times. Curbing his arrogance to such good effect that he was positively glad to keep still for the rest of the day.
1: Fucking this really is like grooming this is this is a story designed for grooming this yeah. that's what this is you're it's crazy me, you're reading me a crime, <laughs> you're me a crime. Like, for me,
0: I, I haven't thought about it that way but yeah you're not wrong I mean, yeah that's uh, that's about right yeah during the next few days however the devil's pride frequently reared its head again And the girl, ever ready to obey the call to duty and bring him under control, happened to develop a taste for the sport and began saying to Rustico,
1: Oh, for (laughs) fuck!"
0: I can certainly see what those worthy men in Gafsa meant when they said that serving God was so agreeable. I don't honestly recall ever having done anything that gave me so much pleasure and satisfaction as I get from putting the devil back in hell. To my way of thinking, anyone who devotes his energies to anything but the service of God is a complete idiot.
1: I mean, I'm, and she's not wrong. <laughs> right? She's not wrong. If it was coming out of the mouth of someone that was for
0: sex positive, older, yeah, yeah,
1: totally. um, I would be like, OK, that's fucking radical. What a, what a progressive view for someone of that era to be taking. Fuck yes, fuck as often as you can, as much as you, as long as you're having fun, fuck yeah. Um, At the same time, we're talking about, I, I can't get over the fact that when you pull back on this story, it's a weird quote unquote charming dude telling a story about like, Religious child fucking. indoctrination <laughs> uh, to a room full of his peers, <laughs> and, and and that this is just going. <laughs> and this story is, slaps. Yeah, totally. And, and
0: yeah.
1: People are just sipping at whatever their fuck, whatever the fuck, rich people drank at the time—wine or whatever they were able to. It's wine, problem. So it's
0: wine. Yeah, they're,
1: they're sipping at their wine, just going like, oh. <laughs> at, at, at fucking crimes. What you're telling me are it's a series of well documented crimes from the 1300s. That's
0: 100% correct. First of all, I want to <laughs> yeah. say, yeah. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. Cool. So, yeah.
1: Fuck. Giddy up. Let's go.
0: She thus developed the habit of going to Rustico at frequent intervals and saying to him, Father, I came here to serve God, not to idle my time away. Let's go and put the devil back in hell. And sometimes in the middle of their labors, she would say, What puzzles me, Rustico, is that the devil should ever want to escape from hell. Because if he liked being there as much as hell enjoys receiving him and keeping him inside, he would never go away at all.
1: Oh, for fuck. Oh, I just... I mean, again, cool, cool on her. This is, we're, 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 we're chiseling our way into the married with children dynamic where he has, it's, it's a husband and wife where the wife is like super horny. And he just, he just wants to watch Hondo or whatever. (laughs)
0: Like
1: he's just, (laughs) oh, the wife wants sex again. Oh, cool. Great. Great. It's uh, we're, we're, we're reading the 1300s married with children.
0: Yep. By inviting Rustico to play the game too often, continually urging him on in the service of God, the girl took so much stuffing out of him that he eventually began to turn cold where another (laughs) man would have been bathed in sweat. So he told her that the devil should only be punished and put back in hell when he reared his head with pride, adding that by the grace of heaven, they had tamed him so effectively that he was pleading with God to be left in peace. In this way, he managed to keep the girl quiet for a while. But one day, having began to notice that Rustico was no longer asking for the devil to be put back in hell, she said, look here, Rustico, even though your devil has been punished, and pesters you no longer, my hell simply refuses to leave me alone. Now that I have helped you with my hell to subdue the pride of your devil, the least you can do is to get your devil to help me to tame the fury of my hell.
1: And good on her. You know what? Despite the fact that we're talking about what I still imagine is a 14 or maybe 15-year-old, in a... Good on her for knowing what she needs from her partner. This? Know her. Um, again, all of this is wrong, but fuck it. But um, good on her.
0: Fuck yeah, she does have some agency here when she's like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, if you, you, you can't satisfy me. And that's a problem. And I'm dialoguing about it. right? So, yeah rustico who was living on a diet of herb roots and water was quite incapable of supplying her requirements and told her that the taming of her hell would require an awful lot of devils but promised to do what he could sometimes therefore he responded to the call but this happened so infrequently that it was rather like chucking a bean into the mouth of a lion
1: what does that even begin to fucking (laughs) what the fuck sentence did you just say (laughs) like chucking a bean into the mouth of a is that a hot dog down a hallway reference
0: i think it might be i think that's the idea yeah
1: that's the idea that uh 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 you're gonna i can't fuck you that much because it'll loosen you out.
0: Or you are so loosened out, like, already, because you fuck so much. So much
1: that, yeah, okay. And and again, I can't help but zoom out. There is a, there is a, like, dining room, and there is a group of people standing around, staring at this dude, as he's, like, as he's just making all these weird sexual, and you, and I just... Fuck, okay, go on, go on.
0: With the result that the girl who was left, or excuse me, who felt that she was not serving God as diligently as she would have liked was found complaining more often than not. But at the height of this dispute between Ali Brax hell and Rustico's devil, brought about by a surplus of desire on the one hand and a shortage of power on the other, a fire broke out in Gafsa, and Ali Bek's father was burnt to death in his own house, along with all of his children Holy and every shit. other member of his Holy household.
1: Shit!
0: Wait. Hold
1: on. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> bro! 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 <laughs> We took a fucking swing. <laughs> so a fire broke out. So she's there.
0: fucking in the desert. And well, she's fucking in the desert, right? And she doesn't know that she's fucking in the desert. But yes, <laughs> uh, a fire broke out in Gafsa And Ali Bak's father was burned to death in his own house with all his children.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, her, it's a, so her whole family goes.
0: Yeah. And every other member of his household. It literally oh, wow. says that. Yeah, so I guess they're all in the same place at the same time, which seems like a really bad strategy. You know, like I don't yeah, know. But
1: I mean, if you're all at home, I, fuck,
0: fuck. So that Alibek inherited the whole of his property. Alibek inherited the whole of his property because of this. A young man named Nirbal. I think it might be like Nierball, um who had spent the whole of his substance in sumptuous living having heard that she was still alive set out to look for her and before the authorities were able to appropriate her late father's fortune on the grounds that there was no heir he succeeded in tracing her whereabouts so again you know they were going to uh, the government was going to take all the money but then they uh, this guy found her and uh, brought her in front of the authorities right so she could claim all the good stuff
1: okay sure sure that's more government than i would have figured would be there so
0: yeah right yeah well actually you'd be surprised um medieval courts like fourth century uh, even earlier we have evidence of medieval courts like like actual law books and stuff and like lawyers and like
1: sense people people are so finicky about fucking everything
0: yeah and it was a lot of land stuff yeah uh-huh yeah
1: yeah exactly people are so finicky about fucking everything that it makes total sense that you even in early culture just finding a a middle party to 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 look around and you know to cut the baby in half as it right Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Uh, and there was a lot of behavior stuff, you know, like uh, this person uh, is fucking weird, you know, like, what do we do this person fucking stealing and we know they're stealing, like, um, how do we, uh you know, address that. And so it was interesting, but they, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, they looked to try to also like deter, but live with people. Sure. So and set examples. It was weird. It was weird times, man. It's still weird times. The cops fucking suck. Uh, let's see here so to the great relief of rustico and against her own wishes so this guy that was set uh, this near ball guy he takes her against her own wishes and makes sure that she's married so he marries her and inherits a half share of her father's enormous fortune so he's taking her against her will marrying her and inheriting her fortunes right I
1: didn't know that was a fucking option I I I guess it
0: is. I don't know. That's essentially
1: what Bowser's trying to do, right?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, In
1: Mario, Bowser is kidnapping Princess Peach in an effort of getting her fortune.
0: (laughs) So before Nearball had actually slept with her, she was questioned by the women of Gafsa about how she had served God in the desert. And she replied that she had served him by putting the devil back in hell. And that Nirbal had committed a terrible sin by stopping her from performing so worthy a service. The women asked, How did you put the devil back in hell? Partly in words and partly through gestures, the girls showed them how it was done. Whereupon the women laughed so much that they are still laughing yet beyond their graves. And they said, don't let it worry you, my dear. People do the job. Every bit as well here in Gafsa and Nearbal will give you plenty of help in serving the Lord.
1: <laughs> so a little bit of a caddy, uh, catty chorus here. All right, all
0: right. The story was repeated throughout the town being passed from one woman to the next, and they coined a proverbial saying there to the effect that the most agreeable way of serving God was to put the devil back in hell. Uh, the dictum later crossed the sea to Italy, where it survives to this day. And so, young ladies, if you stand in need of God's grace, see that you learn to put the devil back in hell, for it's greatly to his liking and pleasurable to the party's concern, and a great deal of good can arise and flow in the process. So aptly and cleverly worded did Dio Neo's tale appear to the virtuous ladies that they shook with mirth a thousand times or more. So now we've zoomed out, and now it's the, the and d- now creepy we're dude. Back. huh? We're yeah, back telling the story.
1: Where I yeah. can
0: And they are get... loving it. These women are loving it.
1: I just can't, I can't. like uh, imagine that at your dinner party today.
0: you don't think it'll end like this here's the end right and when he had brought it to a close the queen acknowledging the end of her sovereignty removed the laurel from her head and placed it very gracefully on Philostratos saying now we shall discover whether the wolf can fare any better at leading the sheep than the sheep have fared in leading the wolves (laughs) (laughs)
1: I mean, it's more poetic than it deserves to be, that's, uh, no, there's still (laughs) no way, there's still no way you could tell that story in a crowded room and not have at least a third of the people there go, what the fuck are you, (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about, um, Wow! Wow! We wow! So
0: Jan, I gotta say, like this contrasts with anything else that we've had on the podcast, right? Um, like, there's an obvious contrast here. What do you? Uh, what are the things? I, I I think I have to point out, by the way, that this is a very modernized version. Um, the editor does a really good job of this, and it is um, the Penguin version of uh, Boccaccio's uh, The Decameron. And it's uh, translated and notes and an introduction are performed by G.H. McWilliam. Um, Great job here on. uh, He makes a choice. I got to say this. Some people translate it exactly word for word. This guy decided to modernize it and kind of translate it with what he felt were like modern paradigms. Right. It's like, hey, this is what this phrase kind of turns to. So we get that sexualized sense that um, he makes really clear that probably would be a little more encoded in the original Italian, but not much. There's definitely meant to be sexy shit in this stuff. And do you see how that contra or, uh, I don't want to say contra uh, contradicts. I want to say more like provides a contrast for the uh, medieval stuff that we've done out of England. Right. Like a lot of that stuff is very religious and kind of much more subdued. And like there is sexual stuff, but it's very hidden. This is just like straight up, like yeah, people. It's
1: Italian. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, right. No. Yeah, uh, and frankly, there are large aspects of it that are very progressive as far as sexuality is concerned. As far as just of what my interpretation of what sexuality would have been in the thirteen hundreds, in uh, that that it's. That, that a woman finding it pleasurable is even thought of right like i right. thought it's it, it's such a barbaric culture that uh that that they didn't even begin to consider that shit so it's at least refreshing in that regard it's still a yaksaroni of a story there's like every every twist and turn brings up a new like set of issues so it's far from chill but it <laughs> it at least it presents a much more progressive form of uh thinking around sexuality than i thought would be there for for culture at that time
0: yeah. yeah no i think that's a really good way to put it because yeah definitely like women's sexual empowerment and hunger to the point where it wears out the male right Like And it's only by the grace of marriage that this person's kind of saved, right? Um, And that grace of marriage is a horrible coupling of words. More like it's a, uh, what do you call it, you know, um, a ring. Because she also doesn't want to go, right? Like, you know, I mean, it's another oppression that she's moving into. Um, And she's ultimately ridiculed kind of uh, and seem as like, you know, stupid for pursuing the action that she does so i don't know i mean i end up on the fence this is a tough story dude yeah but it does show complexity in the middle ages and how like there's corruption in the church too you know like that's one of those things that like people who say they're religious like you know that they like like like, what's to say about this guy yeah exactly so there is some of that in there as well as like you know these hermits are fucking fake you know like sure sure yeah that
1: that, that even uh, being pious could be seen as fallible and that that, that story could be uh, shared also that dinner parties back then were a lot weirder than I thought they would be I oh, yeah. figured a dinner party was a lot more fancy but there's just fucking dudes essentially explaining softcore porn to a room full of people that's pretty wild that's pretty fucking wild
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, to that point, there is at the end of this section, um, some parts that I skipped over a little bit. Let me see if I can get it. Um, Here you go. Uh, Quote, the garden was so lovely and delectable. So this is where they're at that none of them chose to stray beyond its confines and such uh, in search of greater pleasures in other parts. On the contrary. Once the sun was now much cooler and no longer made hunting a chore, some of the ladies set off in pursuit of the hares and roebucks and other animals in the garden that had been startling them by leaping a hundred times or more in their midst as they sat and talked. Dionio and Fiamata, uh, Fiametta began to sing a song about Messer Guglielmo and the Lady of Erguil, Uh, Whilst Philomena and Panfilo settled down to a game of chess, so intently were they all engaged upon their several activities that the time passed by unnoticed. And when the hour of supper came, it caught them unawares. The tables were then placed around the edge of the beautiful fountain, and there, to their immense delight, they supped in the cool of the evening." um yeah right like it, you know, it sounds really nice honestly dude people are hunting you know they're gonna catch game yeah uh, sure. some people are playing chess some people are singing some people are, are playing uh you know or just talking and then at night the tables are brought up and they all eat whatever they they want
1: it yeah it sounds and it's like cool a perfect little vacation
0: it sounds very fucking Italian because I feel like we've had one of these nights in Italy. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. 100%.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, listeners, our cousins live in Italy. So, we've had adventures there. Yeah, man. So, wild story, right? Like,
1: uh, absolutely wild. And that there's 99 more of those.
0: Oh, yeah. There's
1: uh-huh. 99 more of those. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. That, that's, fuck. That's, that's correct. Oh, yeah.
1: Fuck, we could just do those. Yeah, that could be the podcast,
0: honestly. I I ain't
1: fucking mad. I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. Though, I say we get back to action adventure.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah.
1: Doing um, uh, romance in the 1300s, there's so many fucking landmines. It's such a fucking <laughs> difficult goddamn subject to, to bro. Do, to I to mean, part it. part of uh,
0: I think facing history is that you have to kind of take what it is, right? Like you have to face it, right? Like,
1: I, yeah, but I'm gonna tell you what it's a <laughs> easier pill for me to swallow with like dude, oh bro dude, when you're <laughs> yeah. trying to fight a dragon and a lion jumps in and there's like crazy crap happening that i can fucking yeah i can bro. soak that in when we're talking about 14 year old hermetic love affairs in the fucking desert
0: Info, maybe, yeah. yeah probably better no, term, dude, but, yeah. It
1: is weird it's it's just tough,
0: it's tough. um yeah that's that's duly noted. Yeah, uh, but that being said, that's also—I mean—the Middle Ages is just a weird time, man. Sure. So that's what it—that's what it is. So sometimes you get dragons, and sometimes you get pedophiles. <laughs> 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 and I I and, uh, uh, really enjoyed the
1: experience. Either right. way, I mean, shit. Uh, I can't so wait. I can't wait to meet the next dragon. I can't wait to meet the next pedophile. Right. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. And again, culture like the Italians, at least what survived, right? Like, I don't know. There might have been texts like this in England that didn't survive, right? Because people burned sure. them out or whatever. Sure. Sure. Um, but in Italy they were popular enough to say, like, hey, um, you know, we're open enough to talk about sex and those kind of things, and how um sex and the church are kind of interrelated, whereas other texts might suggest it more like um, you know, inferentially, like uh, as uh, something that's more nuanced. But the Cameron is unique and that it just kind of goes for it, you know, especially this translation. So, yeah, props to uh, the editor again. Great book. You did an amazing job. It's a really cool translation. We say uh, A plus to uh, you, sir. Jan, anything you want to say on our way out?
1: Keep uh, listening to the podcast. We'll get back to uh, Sir Gowan and Ewane soon. But Next week. Worship the devil. Hail Satan. I don't know what else. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. We'll see you then. Bye. Come me.